is a trigger warning to anybody who does have health anxiety to possibly step away from this podcast if you do have quite bad health anxiety because I've been there I know what it's like and it can be excruciating when you're listening to symptoms and things like that you almost listen out for them so if you do have health anxiety maybe step away from this podcast because we are going to be talking about cancer symptoms diagnosis etc um I just thought I'd get that there because I think that's quite important hello and welcome to the first episode of the grown-up girls podcast I'm really excited to welcome my first guest to the podcast Rosie Tredgett Rosie welcome hello good afternoon Thank you so much for coming on. She stumbled across Rosie on Instagram. I DM'd her about something that had been going on with me and I've been following her life and journey ever since. So for those of you who don't know Rosie, Rosie is, are you 30 Rosie still? I am 30, nearly 31. <laughs> yeah, nearly 31. Um, girl who is living your, your best life, you'd say. Super hard working, had a very busy social life. And unfortunately, she got diagnosed with blood cancer. Uh, Rosie has been through a hell of a year, but is coming out the other side, as she would say, a happier and more grateful person than before her diagnosis. So Rosie, how are you doing? Hello. Yeah. So how am I doing? Yeah, it's a bit of a whirlwind at the moment. I think because I'm still in lockdown, um, I'm just uh, waiting for uh, to have my bloods done next week and then the results at the end of March. And then I feel like I can get on with my life a little bit. But right now, everything is in limbo. I don't quite know what's next. So yeah, it's a bit overwhelming, but I'm trying to like just go through the motion, keep smiling, yeah. posting on social media, <laughs> interacting <laughs> with people as I can. And yeah, just working through it and we'll see what happens. Brilliant. That's good. So... As I explained in the introduction, you did get diagnosed with blood cancer last year. Can you tell us how it all came about, your first symptoms, what made you want to get checked out? Because I think it'd be really important for the listeners to hear this. Of course. So it was 2019 when I just started having um, heart palpitations. My blood pressure was super high. I had all the tests at the doctors. Everything was fine. Just take it easy. Roll on to February 2020 went to the doctors they said you've just got um the flu take some decongestant tablets you'll be fine so that's fine um I couldn't have any time off work so okay so just had to plow through it and then one Monday I was literally running down the stairs at work and I when you say you can't breathe like after you've been running or something that's one thing but I literally was just like that I, I couldn't catch my breath mm. it was like an out-of-body experience so later on that that day, I was like, right, there's something not right. Called 111. They said, come down to Lister. Went down to Lister, has some tests. And even I always say about this, like the nurse, when she was, you know, when they first do your like consultation when you're in A&E, like, are you okay? Like what's going on? She was like, why are you even here? And I was like, I'm just not okay. Anyway, yeah. um, so yeah, we had bloods, we had ECG, we had everything. Um, and then so I was there for hours. Like, it was just like, what is going on? And then they were like, right, we're going to do an x-ray. And I was like, yeah, no problem. That's fine. Um, took the x-ray, then brought me in. And I looked at the screen. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> what is that? So imagine, so this is your chest here. Obviously, imagine your chest and just draw a circle from the middle here all the way round and down and that was black like a black shadow um so they were like oh um and I was like okay 
I don't think anything of it. Like you just don't. What, what, what do you think it is? So I always think that must be really hard for the P, what they call radiologists. And um, that would it would he would have just been like a like a GP that's on GP. Yeah, that's on, or he like specialises in whatever. He might have come down from a certain area, right? Um, just to do that. But I think sometimes they know what they're looking at. Yeah. Um, they were just like, oh, I think it's pneumonia. I was like, okay, cool, pneumonia, I can deal with that. Yeah. Um, then I had to keep repeating my story to so many people. And then there was a junior doctor, and I feel like he, there was something in his heart. Yeah, you know, you just know when you, you know what I mean. And yeah. um, anyway, gave me some antibiotics. Was like, come back on Wednesday. We're going to do CT, and obviously you know being our age you're like I'm fine I've probably got pneumonia they're just doing a CT I'll go on my own literally yeah. so overwhelming had a breakdown on the bed I was like literally it was hilarious the guy was like but Rosie you just have really nice teeth like you're gonna be fine and I was like <laughs> okay okay because I've got nice teeth I'm gonna be fine yeah. but I never forget that you know you just I was so traumatized and he was like but you have nice teeth um anyway so I did that it was all overwhelming and so then in the evening I got a call from a consultant. He was like, can you come in at 8.30 tomorrow? Um, I need to see you. It's urgent. And I just remember walking through the hospital. It was in Stevenage. And it was so eerie because no one was there. You know, and it's just like before anything's awake. Yeah. So I was sat in the waiting room. The no, none of the nurses were there. I was like, what is going on? Anyway, and he, he called me in and he was like, you have a tumour and it's four options. and and honestly, Molly, I just held onto this radiator. It was pumping out heat. It was snowing and rain. And I was just like, get it out of me. Like, that was the worst day of the whole situation. And that um, honestly must have been, I, well, I know when people say, I can't imagine, of course you can't imagine, because there's just nothing that can ever prepare you, surely, for that, mm. that level of shock. Did oh. you, is there any part of you that felt like you kind of knew or was it just like a total, total shock? I mean, when I got the cancer diagnosis, so this was all the week of like the 24th of February, 2020, I've got my diagnosis on the 13th of March. I only had a short space of time between that and that. At that point, I had no idea. At that point, I had quite a heavy idea of what was going on. I was clueless. And it's when I had a PET scan in the middle, which, it's not a PET scan, sorry, a biopsy. Yeah. The doctor actually said, I, uh, my brother has something similar to this and he had Hodgkin lymphoma. Um, he's fine now, he's got children, whatever. So by, you know what I mean? There was little signs when I had a PET scan, the, uh, the girl in there said, oh, have you started treatment yet? And in my head, I was like, here we go. And oh. at the time, if you look back, you only have a PET scan if you have cancer. So, you know, I didn't know all these things. I'm oblivious. So I'm just the healthy like oh at the time I was the healthy 29 year old living my best life like wh what do I know so yeah it's an eye opener eye opener yeah oh god I could literally yeah um so when you got given they said you had four options what were the options and were they quite quick with it how how, how were you kind of treated so in the NHS I believe they only they have to diagnose you like within a month I think that's their thing but between that and that it's a month um the four options, I mean, I couldn't, unless I have the piece of paper in front of me, I mean, I know one of them was a germ germ cell tumour, and he was like, oh, you have to go to Ad uh, Addenbrooke to have that removed. Um, I think that's what he thought it was. 
because he kept going on about that. Yeah. Obviously, the other one was lymphoma, and there was two others, and one of them was like, whoa, because I ended up doing some research on it. Um, but yeah, that was the main two, germ cell and lymphoma, but yeah. Yeah. So as soon as you got your diagnosis and th- just quickly going back to the symptoms, obviously you mm-hmm. said you had shortness of breath. Is there anything else that made you feel like I just, was it just a general feeling of, I just do not feel well? This is the scary thing about blood cancer because I even see it online. It's so, it can creep up on people and it's quite scary. Um, I, I mean, I get hot quite easily. So hot sweat is a sign. I get that anyway. I had the flu and flu is a symptom, but I just thought I had the flu. Um, Night sweats, I didn't have that. I would say I was the most unsymptom person there is. And I got lucky that I just put it down to pure luck. And I think it's being aware of your body. I just followed the sign of like, go to A&E, get checked out. If you're worried, go to A&E because you will get checked so quickly. And you can say, look, let's, can we just do a, just do an x-ray? Let's just have a look because chances are they'll be able to see something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. So once you got your, so you had your symptoms, you got your diagnosis and then you said they moved pretty quickly. Was it, was Mm. it straight into chemotherapy yeah, so it was a, so Friday the 13th, I got diagnosed. The oh, following Thursday, <laughs> so Friday the 13th, I got diagnosed. By the next Thursday, I was having a consultation in the Macmillan Centre in Lister in Stevenage. And literally, Molly, as a woman of like similar age, I feel like you'll get like, it was like you sat down. Okay, so do you want to freeze your eggs? Because you oh. might not be able to have children. And it was like, okay it was like that or do you want to start treatment tomorrow it was like you're going to lose your hair but you can have a wig it was like going through every oh you know it's basically it's a high grade so high grade means it's moving fast yeah and um, growing fast if it's low grade it's slow um so it moved fast so I had to then have like a scan on my heart um it was just a whirlwind and I literally just said to myself I think I think a lot of people probably will be the same. I would rather save my own life than a life that I haven't even, I don't mean I might not yeah, ever absolutely. have children. Yeah. I was like, let's just focus on me. So the next day I started all like steroids. I started all these different tablets. And by the next Thursday, I was in my chemo chair. Wow. I was going. So literally it was just, it, it was a whirlwind. I, I didn't have a time to catch my breath on it, literally <laughs> catch yeah. my breath. It was just... Oh, it was a whirlwind. But I literally was like, right, if I can't have children, I'll adopt. If I'm going to lose my hair, I'll get a wig. And then it wasn't until the process started happening that the, it was like, it was a bit like, okay, there's a lot of change going on here. And yeah. And if you don't mind me going into it, how do you feel now with the whole fertility thing? Like, do, do you feel kind of nervous about it or are you still quite chill? Like what will, what will be, will be? I mean, when it got to the, so my period started, stopped after cycle two. And I had a few here and there, like September, you know, up to December. And I haven't had one this year. So that's where I'm at with that. I don't, do you know what? I just, I I just have to roll with it. Yeah, of course. I mean, the last week I've had like, you know, like 
you have period symptoms and you're like it hurts but mm-hmm. I have no period um but maybe in the future when I can come out of lockdown I'll go and have like you know like a fertility check see what's going on in there I mean like COVID is isn't it so it's so hard but yeah it is scary because I would love to have a family but Joe you know, if that path is not meant for me there will be another path and we'll just roll with that I just have to be thankful that I am here because that cancer was growing pretty vast wow I mean you're incredibly inspiring the way that you look (sighs) at that like I'm sure there's lots of people that would would love to look at it like that but struggle so yeah Yeah. you're absolutely amazing um when it comes to just me probably being slightly naive is the the period stopping just simply because of how aggressive the chemotherapy is it just kind of just makes your things stop yeah, so I had to think, um, I so had immunotherapy, which lasted hours, and then chemo, which is quite short, and it's in the chemo, I had R-chop, and in that, there's something in there that obviously makes you lose your hair and um, your periods. So when I had that chat, you know, on the Thursday before the Thursday before I started chemo, she said, like, obviously, it does stop your periods. Some people end up having children, some people don't. There's Cancer Chicks, which is on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook's a bit more active. And girls say, like, oh, I've had I've had babies after having um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. There's so many amazing stories, and there's also a lot of heart heartbreak for a lot of people. Um, yeah. but, you know, I think because I'm single and I am just doing things for me, I don't think it's so heavy on my shoulders. I'm not married. I not that you need to be married to have a child, but I'm not in that motion. So it's not on my radar. Yeah. And my, yeah. do you know what I mean? I just want to live my best life. I want to go and explore. I don't want, so my mindset is completely different um, yeah. to maybe someone who is thinking I'm really, I really want to have children. Obviously I sympathize with them, but my story and that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I think it's the best way to be. Cause like you say, it's totally out of your control what will be so um I agree so just talking about mindset there and you know there's so much about mental health and mindset and everything at the minute on social media and it's a really big topic something that I'm quite passionate about because I think you know so many of us have bad mental health episodes but are more than happy just to brush it under the carpet still how have you how was your mental health before being diagnosed and how do you find it is now do you do you obviously it's gonna it's gonna t- have taken a hit of course it's going to but do you you know do you how do you cope with it like it's just such a big change definitely I mean through my 20s I've had bad breakups which has caused bad like my mental health I've had to pick myself up from that I've had therapy I'm very very open about talking about mental health because I've learned so much through therapy and self-healing and so yeah, some people aren't open about it and I will happily talk about it till the cows come home because yeah. it's just, if I can share my knowledge that I've learned with someone else, then yeah, let's do that. Um, before, I mean, look, I was working loads. I was going to the gym. I was socialising with friends. I I was just going through the emotions and I was going so fast paced. It was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Next best thing, next big thing. Come on, let's go. And then this hit me and how I would describe cancer to anyone like my experience of cancer is cancer 
was a blessing for me. It was horrendous, but it's been the biggest blessing of my life. Wow. And that's not wow. random to anyone. Um, it made me stop. It's made me evaluate. It's made me calm down, think twice, who I want in my circle, who I like want as friends, who what I want to do, like completely. There's been times where literally I just was like, I mean, this is a bit heavy, but I don't know if I can like carry on with this. Like, yeah. I'd rather be gone. I mean, that that kind of like fades overnight. You kind of go to bed, you write down a few thoughts and whatever, and you'll find the next day I would never go that far. But you know I mean, you have that like, God, this chemo, this radio, this is heavy, this is hard, I can't. Um, so yeah, I would say, yeah, there's been times to that the past year that honestly I cried to my dad in bed and I was like, I feel okay right now. And they're about to pump chemo into my body and make me poorly. I don't understand why I have to do this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that it, it, it's just, and doing what isolating, I haven't been able to see anyone properly. Yeah. So, yeah. And, haven't you? and also I, there was four months where I didn't leave my house only to go to get my blood taken or have chemo. It was like in, out, there you go. And that's hard, but I got through it. So here I am now. I've just, you, like I say, you just got to go through the motions, trust the process, acknowledge it when you're feeling low, write it down, post on Instagram, write. Like if I look back at all my Instagram posts, they are literally like my diary entries. And yeah. I'll, I'll look back in that maybe a year's time and be like, right, that's how I felt. And it, and someone else can look at that. And that's why I did it. It's so like people can understand, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's what is so good about social media is it does get used as a diary. Thank yeah. you for being so honest about your mental health. I think that's right. not even from a cancer perspective, but just from a young girl perspective, like it just happened and we are so fast paced. And I think COVID has slowed a lot of us down to a certain point. But for me, particularly, I'm still very much like, what's the next thing? What can I do now? Yeah. What's this? Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, to, to see somebody who's been through such an ordeal and has just said, like, it's almost made me slow down is a bit of a reminder to me to be like, right, slow the down, Molly. Like, you don't need to, you shouldn't have to have something like that to, to, to make you do it so um yeah and I don't want to keep saying you're inspiring you're inspiring because I, <laughs> I, I know that a lot of cancer patients struggle with that term because you don't have a choice in the matter you just have to do it but yeah. you are you are incredibly inspiring and just to listen Thank to you. that is just wow I, yeah makes me emotional in a way uh -huh. so, yeah um so we're talking about lockdown a little bit and things like that obviously you've been shielding how like how have you coped with that because if people people who don't know shielding lockdown and shielding are two totally different things so lockdown means you can still go out to the supermarket at the minute obviously you can still meet a friend etc but shielding is literally nothing isn't it pretty much correct yeah. me if I'm wrong but that's no that's I can't I can't see anyone except from anyone that lives with me <laughs> yeah yeah and how has that been because obviously we all love our families but god after a certain point you're just like give me space I mean Joe, you know I'm lucky that I live with my mum and dad but it's also a nightmare god bless them they have helped me support me through this whole thing but sometimes you just want your own space like anyone um so 
for most people you can be like Jay what I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for like a walk I'm gonna drive somewhere or whatever you whatever you want to do everything's more easier um I can't even go through a on a drive-through on my own I have to wait for someone to come with me so it's been hard and like I touched on a minute ago there was a point where I couldn't leave my house for four months and it was horrendous like I look at other people's Instagrams of when they go through cancer and they're like oh they're going to like a restaurant they're going through this and this and that gets them through that whole thing oh, I never yeah. had that I I had no support only via whatsapp and there's times when I didn't want to speak to anyone but I needed people there and it's so challenging and I was so lucky after ha I had radio like five days after I took like went down to Cornwall and that helped my recovery so much just see air everything like that but I haven't seen my friends since the 6th of 6th of December and we're now nearly at the end of March and I don't know until I get my blood I don't know what's next do you know what I mean I, I, it's so everything's a limbo but it is it has been hard but again it's made me slow down and also a lot of us aren't comfortable being alone in a relationship everything <laughs> this is it isn't it so many people rely on relationships like no offense to anyone but so many people rely on relationships to feel whole. Yeah. I I feel whole as a person, an individual, a woman. And when I meet the right person, like, I'll be my best version of myself. Before I wasn't. And, you know, yeah. there's so many blessings. I mean, I could talk about it for hours, but literally there are so many blessings to going through this alone and shielding. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that is a that is a real going slightly off topic here for me, but that is a real thing. And I pointed to myself when Rosie was talking about um, just if you're not watching the video version, you're like, what was that? Um, yeah, I pointed to myself when I said struggling to be alone because that is something I am really working on. I never, do you know what? I never really mind so much being alone in a like in a single sense. That kind of thing didn't bother me, but day to day I do struggle sometimes I'm just like oh gosh so yeah I I just think yeah that must have been a really tough time for you it probably the worst time you could have ever gone through it really because like you say if you're going out to restaurants or the cinema you, you, at least it's getting you through it so but anyway we're hopefully out the other side of that and lockdown yeah. is nearly <laughs> over we're um, nearly there yeah so for those of you who don't follow Rose on Instagram or don't know her story obviously now the best news in the world is you are in remission yay everyone's up <laughs> Woo! I mean that must have just been the most incredible news ever I mean this sounds really bad because obviously I'm happy now but when I got told I had remission I was I I wasn't in a good place I it took me a week to tell everyone. Um, I got told it was 5.30 in the evening. I got a call. It was via voicemail. Let's just point out, I got told I was in remission on a voicemail and got told you can call back if you want and we can go through it. So I called back and it was like, oh, um, do you, uh, if you've got any problems, you need, I'm not stating the NHS at all, but for me, I'm a personal people person. And finding out that way just didn't sit right with me. Like this has been a fight for my life, and I'm, and all I'm given is a voicemail. Like I just felt a bit cheated. Like I've been cheated this whole time. Yeah. And then I just, do you know what I wanted? I wanted my moment. That's all I wanted. I yeah. wanted one moment. Um. So I called about. She said, like, look online if you need any help. Blah blah blah. Obviously, there's the people at the hospital you can call any time. 
And I mean, I literally had a meltdown that weekend. I just was in an awful place. Uh, people were so happy for me and I was crying. I was crying. I cried in my, I've got a video on my phone. I literally just put it there, videoed it. No one will ever see it, but I was just like, just talking to the camera, just trying to like- Get your get feet it out. out, yeah. <laughs> and why do you think that was that you felt that way? Do you think it was just a pure, do you think it was like a sense of relief or almost just like a, oh God, well, how do I live life now? Because I guess for the last year, all you've known is- Is that. Is that, is cancer, <laughs> is, is chemo, is all of that. And it's almost like a, God, how do I get back to my normal self? Joe, that's it. And I would say to anyone, you think cancer is the hardest part. Remission is a game changer. It's hard. It's horrible. It's overwhelming. The uncertainty. This is the hardest part. Because when you're going through cancer, you have your hand held all the way. And it's like, you know, you're going in hospital for treatment. We're going to get better. You're going to have scans. You're going to be that, that, that. And now it's like, here's remission. Here you go. Take it. And, not, and then what? Mm. Like, what do I do now so yeah it's scary and even with work holidays anything how do I think forward like every three months I have to have my blood I don't know what do you know what I mean I just don't know what's next I you know so many people relapse in the first year touch wood that's never going to happen but it does happen and it's reality yeah. so it's hard and I've joined a seven-week program with Trexoc shout out to Trexoc great um cancer community and charity um, so I reached out to them. I'm on a seven week remission program, like life after cancer. And also have a WhatsApp group with like a the London group. Um, so yeah, I'm in contact now with other people going through cancer because n I've seen other people talk about cancer and they're like, oh yeah, we had like a Macmillan nurse and they did this and this and this. And I'm like, so where was that for me? I, I had Instagram, like that's, yeah. that's where I help. Like, so yeah. we'll make yeah. sure that we put track stocks, Instagram and website and everything yeah. down below in the show notes so people can go and check them out if they're going through anything similar. Um, but it's funny you say that, actually, because I have had a few family friends now with, you know, with cancer, et cetera. And they've said the same thing about the Macmillan nurses not being there for them. So it's interesting to see, you know, people's experiences and who actually has them there and who doesn't. This is it. And also, I think um, so the teenage cancer goes up to when you're 23 I believe right. and that's when your cells cells stop renewing and then you're classed as an adult at 24 so I think there is so much support for younger people for us middle-aged middle-aged whatever you want to call it I don't think there is much light on that it's either you're young or you're old but if you're in the middle what are we meant to do mm -hmm. and also I feel like there's so much talk on breast cancer and it's like blood cancer is leukemia it's hodgkin it's non it's there's so many that don't get much light on there's so much education to be learned on this and yeah i just i will do anything i can to just help that that's what i was going to say so is that something that you'd like to do going forward now almost be like an advocate for yeah you know blood cancers especially like you say i wouldn't say we're middle-aged i'd say <laughs> i can't think well, of what we well, are i don't know what we call ourselves no, but we're kind just... of in a limbo limbo stage it's like, are we young adults would you class that as young yeah, i don't know i, guess yeah. so, I yeah. feel like you're more of a young adult in your age and where i'm at i'm a bit like you know yeah no it's a tricky one but so that's something that you would like to kind of be an advocate for 
Oh, definitely. And also, um, I've signed up to um, Look Good, Feel Good. Um, it's, like, I want to, even though I do makeup, I want to feel good too. So I've signed up to their program on the 14th of April and they're doing like a, like a webinar and you learn to do makeup and things like that. So I'm doing that. And then if I like it, I love to sign up to help women um, do that, do you know what I mean? Do their makeup in the future. There's so many things I love to do and help, even if it's going in to speak to young people that are going through it, like just yeah. Yeah, I feel like you'd be the perfect person for that though, because you're so positive, oh. but you're also so real. It's like, oh, you're not going to you. give them a, a false sense of what's going on. It is going to be real. So Definitely. yeah, talking about the future, obviously, like you say, you're in remission and, and hopefully fingers crossed you stay that way and everything stays yeah. very positive. Um, what, what's next for Rosie? Like what I see you started <laughs> running again and started, you know, your fitness back up. So yeah. What's yeah. next? So I got my so I did the event in December and we raised like nearly eight thousand pounds for lymphoma action, which is um the UK charity for lymphoma. Um it's absolutely amazing. Um if you want to know more about lymphoma, it's great, really educational. They do they have so much help for people. Um so yeah, we raised those money for them and then I was like like running for that because we did like a um just call it five mile. 5k, 5K. That's not the same thing, yeah. is it? No, 5k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we did that. We did a 5k walk. We did a 5k run. We did all that. And then my fitness was getting better. And then I had the vaccine and then I got really ill, picked up an injury. So I haven't been working out for a while. So yeah, I started running yesterday. My injury is still bad, but fitness I find is like my savior. I stick on a podcast. I don't know if anyone's seen it of you, Molly, the girls' bathroom with Sophia and Chintia, I think she's called. Honestly, those girls are so funny and I love how real they are. Um, yeah. So I literally stick them on, even though I've heard them so many times, I just put them on repeat. Um, so I stick that on and I just run and it's like girl chat in your ear and you're just like, yeah. And then like hot girls tell me, I'm like, yeah, hot girls. <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, doing the running. Um, yeah, and I obviously do wedding makeup well, I'm a makeup artist, but I specialise in um, weddings. So I've got loads of things booked in for the summer. Fingers crossed I can do them. Um, do you know what? Just taking a week by week because yeah. that's all I can think about. I just have to, when I wake up, I don't know how I'm going to feel. Um, but yeah, I love to travel more. I spend a lot of time in Cornwall. It's practically my second home. Mm, so yeah, I'm going there in more. May, in July, August, New Year. They're all booked, ready to go. So fingers crossed I can go there. And do you know, one day I'd love to live down there. That's my dream, but slow and steady. And we need, need to get the health right first, Joe. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, that's, yeah. I love Cornwall too. It's just the best place, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Love it. No, so so where do you really good. So where we went to St. Ives. Um, yeah. yeah, that's mainly where we go, but I just love it. It's just such a like... I feel like I'm on holiday, but I'm like in the UK and it's just such a nice vibe down there. I love that. I think I'm on holiday. No, you definitely are. If you're not yeah. working, you're on holiday. <laughs> That's what I mean. You are on holiday. You're in, you're yeah, on you are. holiday, but I just oh, always shit. think holidays are abroad for some reason. I don't know why, but... Um, Do you know what? I think that's the thing. We've been spoiled. We think getting yeah. in an airplane is a holiday, but and there's so many people that may not be able to afford abroad holidays. That, that the UK has always been their option. So I think we've been quite, we have to ground ourselves a little bit. I think some people totally. need to just ground it a bit, be like, 
you don't need to go abroad to have a holiday. Completely agree with you. Last, not last year, but the year before, before COVID, we went camping yeah. in Norfolk, mm. North Norfolk for three or four days. And honestly, that was one of the best holidays of my life. I had such a lovely time. And I was like, do you know what? You don't have any of the passport control, none of the security, none of the going on a plane and then feeling ill because of the air con situation. And I was just like, actually, yeah. I like this. <laughs> and also you can chuck all the stuff in your car. It's like, I can take a coat for each day, a pair of shoes for day and night. Like yeah. there's no one saying no. <laughs> I yeah. love it. So true, so true. So um, at the end of this podcast, obviously this is our first yeah. podcast, so I've not done this before. Exciting. Yeah, at the end of this podcast, what I try and ask people is, what would you tell your younger self? And now by younger self, I mean like sort of like early 20s, that kind of when you're, your head's all over the place, you don't really know what you're doing. And well, not for everybody, but I didn't ever feel like I knew what I was doing. Um, so yeah, what would you tell your younger self now? Right. First off, I would say, okay, this sounds hot. This is for me personal. Okay. So no one take offense here. Be single, stay single, focus on you, do what you want. Because I look back and I wanted to do a ski like gap year. And I was with a boyfriend and he said, I'm going to dump you if you go. I never <gasps> went. Right. Whoa. Like he ended up cheating on me, whatever. So I just look back and it's like there's been so many relationships that have altered my 20s and I look back and I just think Rosie should have stayed single I wish I was more um feisty like I stood up for myself I feel like I'm a strong woman now back then I was wussy I would call myself wussy you go girl I wasn't assertive enough I wasn't like yeah I was like yeah you know yeah whatever like I was too floaty airy so yeah I would definitely say more confidence resilient hard-hitting just like going for what you want if someone isn't going to be supportive they're not meant to be in your life keep your circle small you don't need loads of friends do you know what I mean you don't That's need them really really good when I was that age this is it some of the friends I was with friends with at that time aren't my friends anymore like just go with it so yeah it would definitely be just take on any experience go for it like I always regret not going to uni I don't know why I just have this thing like I wish I just went but I don't know if it's because I wanted to have a good time but I feel like so many people met so many like they have so many strong friendships from going to uni do you know what I mean and I was just like oh I just wish I had that like you know something but <laughs> this is it but then I wouldn't have the friends I have now if I do you know what I mean so it's kind of yeah no definitely I think the staying single thing is really important thing to get across because I have always been an advocate of that but never felt like I've been able to say it because I've never been I was I've never been single but I count myself so lucky that I you know found the love of my life early yeah and he's never stopped me from doing anything. We're always just so chill like that. We've, we've built our lives together. But yeah. I've seen obviously some friends and some family members that have had similar situations where they've, you know, been stopped from doing things because of a boyfriend. And I'm always just like, no, don't just just do it. Just do it. I agree. And by the way, you make a lovely couple. I love your wedding photos. <laughs> it's so nice. But this is I think I think some people are lucky. I actually think it's luck. Some people get lucky. My brother, my sister are the same as you, Molly. That's it. They've built their life. They've been together, you know, 10 years plus. 
but I'm on the other end. Do you know what I mean? So some people aren't so lucky. And But there's there's nothing wrong with that. And that's what I'm yeah. so keen to get across. Yes, you know, you, you might, you know, we're stable or whatever. We maybe look to some people, but you are equally as stable on your own, living your best life, making your own decisions, doing what you want to do. And you are equally as, as stable and amazing as somebody who's in a relationship. So I just to, think. Yeah. Because I find like um, what gets me is one of the hardest things is when friends in the past may be like, oh, yeah, we went out for dinner as a couple thing and you're like what's wrong with me like I can bring two people I you know I can count for two people here like I, you know I can yeah. hold my own like I am not scared to come to dinner on my own with two other couples like I'm a good time like do you know what I mean it's like when you say with friends like, I even say it's like oh I can't wait like we meet someone we go on double dates it's like you don't need to go on double dates like what, do, you know, do you know where I'm going with this it's like we automatically oh because we're in a relationship you're stable you whatever I know some people that even say oh if you're not in a relationship you, you're not you're not an adult you haven't made it whatever like we put so much pressure on relationships that we need a relationship to like be something like there is something so empowering about being on your own like there is yeah. no um, but, but again, there's nothing wrong with like you being in a relationship. It's just yeah. that's where I am right now. No, completely, completely agree with you. And I think a lot of listeners will be able to relate to that as well of, you know, being on your own and making making your own life and not worrying about other people all the time. So yeah, brilliant. Oh, Rosie, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming uh, on the Growing Up Girls podcast. I've just loved every second of that chat. I literally didn't even think about anything else the whole time. I was just so uh, focused on everything you were saying. Oh, thank you. I've had a lovely time. It's been a pleasure. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much. Well, I will put all of Rosie's Instagram details down in the bio below, as well as the charity. What, what did you call it again? Trekstock. Trekstock. I'll put that all down below. And I'll also put down some links to, you know, if you're worried about anything. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Rosie. Lovely to speak to you. And yeah, hopefully we'll catch up soon. Thanks for having me. Woo, good morning. <laughs>